Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Castor. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Hey, sports bettors, ready for some picks destined to fail? It's time to hear what the Sports Daily staff thinks of the weekend games. All right, welcome back in, everybody. We're going to jump right in to our number two here on Sports Daily and make some football picks. Paul, welcome in. How are you? You boys doing? You doing all right, Tommy? Good. Hanging in there, Paul. boy. Good for you. You need to. All right, uh, Jad, I was gone for these last week. I don't even remember who I picked. I think I was driving. Well, not driving, in the car. Uh, I, I would not do that. Jad, how did things go last week? Where do things stand? You don't even remember who you picked, huh? I do not. That That's what you're going with? What, were they not good? No, no, you won the week. All right. Maybe I should do that again. We'll just throw darts. Throwing darts at it, yeah. Uh, you went five and four on the week. Tommy, three and six. Paul, four and five. Tommy, you lost a little ground on Paul there, who was still in the lead, 83-62. and 62. Tommy behind there, 72-73. Jacob just one game behind Tommy there, 71-74. Hey, Jad, real, uh, quick, real quick before we get started. Sure. At what point do we go ahead and go ahead and get the uh, Jostens championship ring guy over to, to the studios and start measuring for championship rings? There's, it comes that point when we need to do that. When do we start? Do we actually have to finish the season, or can we get a jump on it? We can probably get a jump on it, and you don't have to worry about coming in here. I think we can send them to your house. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll pick games until Paul doesn't have the lead anymore, and then we'll stop. That's, <laughs> that's how we'll do it. That's <laughs> you know something. We'll just keep hey. going for a long time. Yeah, yeah, we'll turn it into basketball picks, won't we? Right, yeah, we'll just pick whatever. We'll pick badminton until you have that. And once you lose that lead, Paul, that's when we'll be okay, done. Okay, I got you. Uh, all right, let's jump right into it. Jad, at the music, here we go. Uh, and just out of the you know interest of it's the first game played, let's start with the Chiefs. Chiefs at Vegas, laying nine and a half. Paul, you can take the bait again. They'd never cover. Well, it doesn't seem like it, does it? And, of course, you know, with, with the um... – Playoffs locked up for the Chiefs. Tommy's point last week was that a lot of teams are starting to look to rest players, and th- those points become a problem when when you have the the you know the baseline players not playing. And I get that it worked really well for Tommy. Let's see what was Tommy again? He was uh, three and six. That philosophy. Okay, really, all right. Oh well. Anyway, uh, <laughs> any, I you know something nine and a half with Las Vegas, which is in a total. Total meltdown. Uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and take the Chiefs. I'll probably lose, Tommy, but I'm going to go ahead and take the Chiefs. Uh, All right, Tommy, uh, you're up next. Yeah. Yeah. Who would have ever thought that Jarrett Stidham uh, could potentially lead the Raiders to a win? And he threw the ball really well a week ago. Kind of that gunslinger mentality. And there's nothing that says he can't do it again in the final regular season game of the year. I like Kansas City. They've got a lot to play for, obviously. Nine and a half is a big number. We know how Kansas City has done against the spread. I'll take the Raiders to cover that nine and a half. Attaboy. Um, I, I'm with you, Tommy. I just can't keep doing it, you know? I can't keep going to that. They've covered, I think, once in the last forever. I'm going to take the Raiders. I think, the, obviously, I think the Chiefs are going to win the game, but trends are trends, and I'll I'll take the cover. Maybe a backdoor cover or something, but I'll take the nine and a half, too. All right, Tennessee at Jacksonville. Jacks uh, laying six and a half at home. 
No Ryan Tannehill still, Tommy. You think the Jags can cover? Well, no Ryan Tannehill, but Derrick Henry should be back and playing this weekend. Um, this one's tough for me. I like the Jags. They've played really well as of late. Um, Trevor Lawrence has come into form. It was kind of like he had a good start to the year, a lull in the middle, and now he's playing well again. But that being said, because Derrick Henry is back for the Titans, uh, I'm going to reluctantly take Tennessee, and I'll take I'll go ahead and take the points with that. All right, you're going to take the points and the Titans. I'm going to take the yeah. Jags. Um, just a momentum play here. Tennessee certainly has the experience in this spot. Um, it's an interesting game. Remember, it was a it was a, a forty point over under, which most people want and to, to take the over there. But I do think there's a path where Tennessee plays some good defense, even though their pass defense hasn't been good and relies on Derrick Henry. But I'm going to take the Jags. They're hot. Uh, Trevor Lawrence enters the conversation with the AFC of those great young quarterbacks. Let's see it happen. Let's take the Jags. Paul? Well, this is one of the easier picks for me. Now, uh, you look at you look at, at, at uh, Tennessee. Once their plane lands from, from uh, Nashville and they get off the plane, get ready to play this football game, you know what their first thought is? When can we get on the plane and go home and get this miserable season over? That's what's the mindset of, of Tennessee. And because their hearts, their minds, their soul is not in this game, they want to check in their equipment and start for next year, I'm going to go with the, the Jacksonville uh, Jaguars. Okay. Uh, New England at Buffalo. I'll lead this one off. Buffalo laying a touchdown at home. I'm going to take the Bills. No way do I uh, deny the momentum of the week for them and the motivation for them. Um, plus, I just think they're quite a bit better than New England. I'll take the Bills minus seven. Paul? Well, you know something? Week after week, I've said Billichek is why I pick the uh, Pats. I, I I can't do it this week. This is the last week. I've got to maintain my lead. I, I, I want that championship ring to wear around for next year. I want that. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Bills as well. I don't want to, but I will. I'm going to take the Bills as well. Uh, Tommy, what do you think? Sorry about that. Look, that, that spread could be two touchdowns or three touchdowns. Uh, I'm going to take Buffalo. Uh, there's no way I'm picking against the Bills this weekend. Uh, we'll make it a clean sweep. I know I had a chance for an island. I'm not going to take it. Uh, I'll take the Bills and lay the points. All right, let's go to the next one. Baltimore at Cincinnati. Cincinnati also affected there and laying a pretty big number against a divisional foe in Baltimore. Cincinnati's been great at covering. Um Paul, what do you think? Eight and a half points Cincinnati's laying. Well, this is that that tune-up game, you know, where it may have been sort of a slider game, but because the last game wasn't played, won't count, and everything that went on, it's it's this is a team that definitely wants to turn the page from that last game and everything that went on with it. Cincinnati will be focused. Cincinnati will want to play this. I'm going to go ahead and take Cincinnati. I think that the eight and a half, I'd take it if it was ten and a half. But anyway, I'll take Cincinnati. What do you think, Tommy? You know, I like uh, Cincinnati a lot. I think they're probably the most complete team right now uh, in the AFC. But I don't know. For some reason, I've got the feeling that Baltimore may be able to cover the number. I think Cincinnati wins. But I wouldn't be shocked to see the Ravens cover that 8.5. So I'll take Baltimore plus 8.5. Yeah, I... I... 
I'm having a hard time with this number, and I always love Cincinnati to cover. Love them to cover most of the time. Eight and a half in a divisional game? I'm going to take the points. It's just too many points. Too many weird things can happen to get a game with an eight and a half, even if Cincinnati leads the whole way. Um, so I'm with you, Tommy, on that one. Hey, Jets how about Paul? At- Paul's getting a, Paul's getting a Cincinnati Island. I'll I mean, tell that's you a, what, that's guys, a great island that's to a have. Good island, I'm yeah. feeling good right now. I'm feeling really good. Uh, Tommy, you lead us off here. Jets at Miami. Uh, Miami's still got something to play for here, laying two at home to the Jets. What do you think? Well, the Jets just announced that Mike White will not be playing this weekend. Uh, and so Joe Flacco will be the starter, and Zach Wilson will be his backup. Uh, so if that tells you anything, uh, I think that's going to tell you that Miami should win this game. Now, I know that clearly Tua is out. Teddy Bridgewater probably won't be playing, so we might be looking at Skylar Thompson starting the game. And I know that I think they signed Mike Glennon uh, to come in and be a backup uh, for this weekend. At least I think that's what I read. But that being said, uh, Miami does have quite a bit to play for. The Jets have been eliminated from playoff contention. Give me the Dolphins. I'll lay the number. And uh, I think the Dolphins get the win. Yeah, I'm going to take the Dolphins minus two as well. I think the Jets are in a bit of a mess at the moment. Miami has a lot to play for. Mike uh, McDaniel has a lot to play for. Paul, what do you think? Well, here's an interesting scenario for me because I'm picking last. You two have gone with Miami. Now, Miami does have a lot to play for. But, you know, this is that kind of game where guys are playing for their job for next year. If you're a New York Jet, you know, you're you're being hammered this week. We're going out with a win. We're going to walk out of this league, and we're going to hang up our pads with pride. I'll tell you what, guys. I think that two points isn't enough for me. I think if I'm, if I'm, if I'm taking Miami, I'll tell you what. This is a roll of the dice on my part. But I'm champion for a reason, right, Chad? I'm champion for a reason. Paul, you've got a lead to maintain. Yeah, but these are the times I want to kind of roll the dice, Jad. This isn't isn't the time to roll the dice. All right, I'm going to go ahead and go with you guys and take Miami. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a tough one to take the Jets. And I tried to put games on here that actually had some value and meaning. Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Steelers laying two and a half. Cleveland, I think, still has a lot to try to prove here, especially with Deshaun Watson, Pittsburgh. Uh, game-winning drives and a couple of games from Kenny Pickett. I think I'm first here. Uh, I'm going to take the Steelers. I think they're hot. Mike Tomlin uh, maintains his, uh, you know, maintains his momentum as I, I think one of the top coaches in the league. Um, and what what's the old thing with Mike Tomlin? Never under 500, right? And Pittsburgh yeah. has a chance to finish above 500. So I'm going to take that. Tommy, what do you think? Yeah, give me all of Pittsburgh right now. Uh, Kenny Pickett has shown himself to be the future of this franchise at quarterback. I think he'll continue to get better as the weeks and the years go on. I think he's going to be a good quarterback in this league. In this matchup, uh, I don't see anything that tells me that the Browns are a team that can win in a divisional game the final week of the season against the Steelers. I'll take Pittsburgh and I'll lay the points. Oh, you guys are giving me another island. Now, it's not much of an island. I mean, this is this is not Gilligan's Island you're giving me. This is a pretty crappy island, Cleveland. Boy, this is tough for me because I – Jad, I still have that lead, correct? Yes, you do. Still have the lead. I don't, Jad, a little help here. What do you think? Uh, Go for it. Take okay, it. this is the one. Yeah. I'm taking Cleveland. <laughs> okay. 
Good. Good for you. I'm happy for you. Thanks, Jay. Uh, the Rams at Seattle. Seattle also in the playoff mix. Paul, you're up first here. You're going to lay six with the Seahawks against the Baker Mayfield-led Rams. Well, let's just put it this way. The Rams have not played well uh, in, the, in the last half of the season. I, don't, I have no confidence in the Rams. I mean, this is a defending Super Bowl champion, for guys' sakes. And this is what we, we've come to with, with them is, is we have no confidence in them this late in the season. You know, six points with Seattle, you're going to give six points. That's a lot of points. I probably wouldn't do it if it was seven and a half, but I'm going to go ahead and take Seattle. The Rams stink. Okay. Tommy, what do you think? Well, I don't think the Rams stink. I think that's a uh, kind of a strong word there, Paul. I Smell? think they've been decimated by injuries. And I think Baker Mayfield has been an improvement at quarterback than what they've had, you know, between Matthew Stafford getting injured and, and Baker Mayfield coming in for the Rams. That being said, though, they've been decimated by injuries. I like Seattle in this. The number's bigger, but it's at six. I think Seattle can win by a touchdown. We'll call it seven. I'll take the Seahawks and I'll lay the numbers. I'm going to take a chance at an island here Attaboy. for no real good reason. I'll take the Rams and take six points. Bake's motivated. It's not their pick to lose anyway. They gave it up to Detroit. So, you know, for the Rams, they, they don't have any reason to let up in this game. Um, I'll take the Rams and take and take six points just on a whim and a chance to t- make up a game. Uh, Dallas at Washington. I'm up first here. Washington getting seven at home. Dallas does still have something to play for. The Eagles have not locked up the division. Um I, I guess I'll take Dallas here for that reason. Um, I, I mean, I think they're better than Washington, certainly. But they, if the Dallas Cowboys are going to do anything, their defense has got to make a couple of statements here, and this is a chance to do it. I'll take the Cowboys and lay the touchdown on the road. Tommy? Uh, tell me who is starting for quarterback for the Commanders this weekend. Are they back to Taylor Heineke this weekend? I don't know. I have no or is it, it's not Carson Wentz, I don't think. I, who knows? Who cares? Uh, because of that, give me Dallas. Um, I'll lay the points. I'll take the Cowboys, and I'm going to give Paul another opportunity for an island here. Uh, not going to take the bait on this one. Here's the thing with uh, with Dallas. You know, that's my number two team. Chiefs, then the, then the Cowboys, that's my number two team. And I'll tell you what, when you're playing the Washington Commanders, Jacob, this is this is meant for you. And you even considered taking the Commanders, the Washington Commanders, over the Dallas Cowboys. You know, you could be excommunicated as, as a Texan. You know they could put you they could put you on the no travel list for the state of Texas if you did that. I'm glad you didn't. I am also taking the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, it would have been. You could, there's a reasonable case to make for Washington there. Yeah, but they want to win that game too. And Dallas has been, you know, a little sketchy lately. But yeah, we'll see. Your we'll family uh, would be ashamed of you. No, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. I had, I had family over Christmas betting the Titans because they didn't think the Cowboys would cover the number. Um, we're we're realist, Paul. We're realist. Oh, oh thank here. you, thank you. Uh, Detroit. That's another word Green- for pessimist. I think. <laughs> there right? you go. Well, no, I'm optimistic for yeah, sure. Okay. But with, when it comes to the Cowboys, I mean, come on, fool me once, right? Uh, Detroit at Green Bay. This one should be a lot of fun. It's, uh, I believe, the Sunday night game now. Green Bay minus four and a half. Can Rodgers continue it? What a game! I'm so happy for this game, and I hope it's like win and get in for both of them. Uh, Paul, you can start us here on this one. Green Bay minus four and a half. What do you think? You guys know I'm a Dan Campbell fan. I think I've made that clear throughout the entire season making picks. I love Dan Campbell. I think that the Lions are headed in the right direction with this guy. 
Uh, also, you're right. They've got something to play for. Lions are playing for something, and they haven't had this, this playoff scenario for so long. I'm taking Detroit. I think this is basically an upset. I like the points, but I think I think that Detroit wins outright. I'm taking Detroit. All right. Detroit on the money line for Paul. We'll give him the four and a half for the sake of these picks. Tommy, what do you think? Um, I have a hard time betting the Lions. I think the Lions have been fun to watch. Uh, we talked about them at length and what Dan Campbell has done. But I, I usually have a hard time betting the Lions, and especially when they're playing at Lambeau the final week of the season against Aaron Rodgers with a playoff berth on the line. Give me the Packers. I'll lay the points. Mm, I don't know what to do with this game. I love this game. It's probably my favorite of the week. It is. History tells us Rodgers wins these games uh, in this environment, in that setting, in this month. Well, at this point of the season, I should say. Uh, I'm going to take the Packers as well. I think I'm rooting for Detroit, but as far as these picks, I don't think I'm rooting for Detroit. I'm definitely rooting for Detroit, but I'll take the Packers as far as picks goes. All right, let's do the natty here. TCU at Georgia minus 12 and a half. Uh, If you guys listen to this show, you know where I'm at on this. I've already put money on TCU, got them at 13 and a half. We're doing this at 12 and a half. That's still good for me. I'll take the Horned Frogs. I like their chances to win this game. Um, So I'm certainly taking 12 and a half points. Paul? Well, I think you you make a good point. Uh, You're really sold on them. I'm sort of sold on them. I mean, they showed me so much against Michigan. I mean, I watched that entire game and had a ball doing it. They showed so much. I was so proud of their representation of the Big 12. And I want the 12 Big 12 to win this national championship. It's important with regards to realignment for football. Uh, I'm going to take TCU, but I'm not taking it because I have hopes. I'm taking TCU because they have a grit. They have a something that uh, Coach Dykes has installed into this football team that has no quit in them. I'm going to take TCU, guys, and I think they can win, but I want them to win for the Big 12. Tommy? Well, I think it's okay to pump the brakes a little bit and say that we think they're going to win. I'm not so sure I want to go that far and say I think they're going to win, but 12.5 is a big number, and uh, I don't know of anybody that watched TCU against Michigan in that semifinal game and then won a fade TCU in the national championship because they – to Paul's point, proved a lot. So I'm not going to go so far to say they're going to win the game on the money line, but 12 and a half is a big enough number. I'll take the Horn Frogs to cover. All right, so we're we're joint on that one. That does it for the picks for the week. We'll see. Uh, we'll have a chance to talk more about that national championship game on Monday um, as it's played then, but we'll see on these NFL games. A lot will be sorted out between now and then. We're going to take a break. We'll come back, 869-1240. Uh, We'll talk about Chris Beard, Peyton Hillis in the news, and a pretty remarkable situation there, the old NFL running back. We'll get to that as well as Sports Daily rolls on. We wrap up the week on this Friday edition with Albrocht, Caster, and now Savage. We'll be right back. phone call is welcome 869-1240 sports daily on 97.5 and 1240 kfh wichita's number one sports talk
Welcome back in, everybody. A couple of things here. Peyton Hillis is apparently in critical care after saving his kids in a drowning incident. So uh, send some of those prayers and energy. Wow. We've been seeing for DeMar Hamlin to Peyton Hillis, the old running back. I think everybody remembers his time. He was an old bruiser, huge monster of a running back out of Arkansas, played for Cleveland and the Giants for a while. Got the cover of Madden for one year. Uh, So that news happened. Um, Chris Beard in the news yesterday because he's fired. And that's it. That's the end of Chris Beard. Texas has a high standard. I don't think Texas Texas basically said we don't care what happens with this legal case. You're fired anyway. And then they sent him a letter saying as much. So Chris Beard's out at Texas. There are a lot of interesting wrinkles to this. One for Chris Beard. This happened. He immediately uh, said he was innocent. His fiance, who he is alleged of um, abusing, came out and said, my fault, not his. We know how these things go in domestic violence. The police can arrest and charge him regardless of what the victim says because of that, but they have to have some evidence. So we'll see. I do think where this lands legally, depending on whether prosecutors move forward with those charges, will impact whether or not we see Chris Beard in the immediate future. I think that's something to watch for sure. Um, I heard, you know, I've heard people talk that this is pretty surprising because he is a high character guy. Um, well, he was, we'll, we'll, this notwithstanding before this, I think generally considered that way. And then the obvious, you know, question becomes afterward, who replaces Chris Beard at Texas? So, we have this situation playing out. Gary Parrish uh, mentions Rodney Terry as the leader in the clubhouse, and that's the interim coach now. He spent a lot of time there. He has head coaching experience. Texas has played well for the most part, even with Beard gone. So that is an obvious choice. Um, I've seen this from a lot of people, including Parrish, that John Calipari may be a candidate because it's just sort of run its course at Kentucky. I actually think that kind of makes some sense, honestly. Um Royal Ivy is another guy Parrish mentions, the Brooklyn Nets assistant, of course, former player at Texas. No college experience, though. Eric Musselman's going to get mentioned with every big-time job, the Arkansas coach. His path is so unique, though, and interesting to Arkansas. I'd be curious. Chris Holtman, meh, the Ohio State coach. I don't think that's big of a splash. And then the one that comes down to the end here, Jerome Tang from Gary Parrish. Tommy, you mentioned Gary uh, Jerome Tang yesterday. That would obviously frighten K-State fans. Um, but I think it's going to be interesting to see Jerome Tang and any big-time job that comes up and what that means. I don't think we know enough about Jerome Tang to just boldly say he'll never leave Manhattan, right? He waited a long time for that opportunity. His his path there is so interesting, and it's so similar to Chris Kleiman, Right. They, they put in a lot of time and waited a long time for the opportunity. They get it. They find success. That makes me think they'd be less inclined to leave, but it is Texas. They're going to have a big open checkbook. I don't think that they owe Chris Beard any money here. I haven't seen that detail, so I do think that checkbook is big. Um, but it's certainly one that we're going to have to watch here as the season plays out. Is that for Tommy? Yeah, I think I think we're having a problem, Tommy, with your microphone there. 
Um, so, Paul, well, react to that just a little bit. Well, I think you're probably on to something. Listen, if Lon Kruger can leave K-State, I mean, this is a Kansas-bred and born individual who loves Kansas State, and if he can leave, up and leave Kansas State University, Jerome Tang can also leave K-State and not even look at it in his rearview mirror. So, with that being said, I think that uh, it's a possibility. I think Jerome Tang could look at the University of Texas and say, you know something? I can win at Texas in the SEC because the SEC, I think, over time is going to be an easier gig basketball-wise than than the Big 12. You know, right now, uh, last week Tommy and I predicted that, you know, the champion of the Big 12 may have as many as five losses, and I can see that happen because from 1 to 10 in the Big 12, everybody's pretty darn good. Everybody could win a Big 12 championship with the right breaks, the right bounces, and all that that kind of thing. So, with that being said, can can uh, Jerome Tang take this job at Texas? You're darn right he could take it, and he would love to take it if it is offered. Uh, and it might yeah. be offered. And it might be offered. I don't I don't know, but I can tell you this right now: uh, the Texas job is one of those jobs that you want. I think you can be very successful in the SEC out of the University of Texas with the base population of the state of Texas and everything that you have going for you in terms of money. I kind of I kind of I kind of like that handicapping of uh, of somebody of uh, of somebody of a big nature, a Calipari maybe taking Texas. I don't know. Uh I don't know that he'd want to come back to the SEC and I don't know that he wants to leave Kentucky. Uh but you know, it's a heck of a job. It's one of the great jobs in America because you know what they got, Jacob? You know what Texas has? Money. They got money. And when you have that kind of money, you can just about do anything you want when it comes to people. Tommy, I think we got you back now. Yeah. You've taken some heat on this. Yeah. I think that absolutely Texas will have interest in Jerome Tang. The question becomes, does Jerome Tang have interest in Texas, right? Yeah, I'm getting raked over the coals on social media for suggesting yesterday that if you're Texas, you've at least got to check in on Jerome Tang. Uh, And if you're Jerome Tang, you've got to at least try to get as much money as possible. I'm not suggesting that Jerome Tang will end up at Texas. I'm not suggesting that he will be at the top of the wish list for the Longhorns. What I'm suggesting is that if you're Chris Del Conte, the athletic director with Texas, Uh, you absolutely should at least check in on Jerome Tang. And he may very well say, I'm not interested. We're very happy in Manhattan. Okay, cool. Then you move on to somebody else. But the amount of success in a short period of time that Jerome Tang has had with the Wildcats, you would be a fool to not at least make that phone call and say, hey, you spent, what, close to 20 years in Waco? Would you like to come back to Texas? Would you like to come back down the road and work in Austin and be the head coach of the Longhorns? Um, And then if you're Jerome Tang and you have even the slightest bit of interest, you try to get as much money as you possibly can. Look, I think that the odds are that Jerome Tang will not be the head coach of the Longhorns. I think it will probably be somebody else. I think they will probably end up talking to somebody else like an Eric Musselman. I've heard I've heard names like Nate Oates from Alabama could potentially be a guy that they would want to look at. Um, I, I get that. I understand that John Calipari is interesting, but I think that you've got to at least make the call to see if Jerome Tang has any interest. And I would 
suspect more than likely Jerome Tang would say, you know what? We're building something really special in Manhattan, and so I'm not interested. <laughs> okay, cool. But you've at least got to make the phone call, and I don't understand why all of a sudden I've got K-State fans in my mentions that are like, oh, you're wrong. Oh, you don't know what because you're talking afraid. about. Oh, he's not Because he's not they're going afraid to anywhere. lose what they've got. They're yeah. afraid to lose what they've got. Yeah, I mean, that's what start, it is. Wait till you start seeing my, my, my texts and my emails that I just sent because you, although you were disconnected for a moment, I said it, I, I said if, if uh, uh, Lon Kruger can lose, uh, leave K-State, Tang can leave K-State as well. So wait till sure. you start seeing my – but I'll tell you what, am I right or am I wrong, Tommy? Well, hey, and this is the same. This is the same kind of situation that Kansas fans had just a couple of months ago about Lance Leipold. You have a coach yeah. that has a good amount of talent in a short period of time, and then you've got big time programs like Nebraska and Wisconsin that had Lance Leipold on the wish list. And it could very well be the same sort of thing where you know Jerome Tang gets a phone call from a program like Texas, and he says, right "Nope, I'm good in Manhattan." Yep. But uh, at the same time, I think it's 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 foolish to think that he will always be at Kansas State. I don't think that's the the likelihood. Yeah, let's Well, we didn't know we didn't know we didn't know if that was going to be the case with Bill Self at Kansas for a long right. time, right? Yeah, it, Oklahoma it is State, eventually his alma mater called him to come down and replace Eddie Sutton and he said no. What? It has been and and the NBA has come calling several times. It's that way we didn't, you know, Shocker fans dealt with this with Greg Marshall for a long time. Um, you never know what motivates a person to do what it is that they're doing. We all have job opportunities in other places and maybe they pay more and you but you're happy where you're at Jerome Tang waited a really long time to take his shot he took it at K-State and K-State I think has rewarded him greatly as far as happiness goes they've embraced him they love him he doesn't that I know of have any connection to the University of Texas there's an interesting comparison in all this to me and it's Chris Beard Chris Beard got his shot finally at the big program of Texas Tech and immediately found success there. Took Texas Tech to a national championship game. Texas came calling, and he left. Now, the difference there is Chris Beard's a Texas guy. He's a UT guy. So, it, but there's no way. Like, the three of us can sit here and say, should he, what? We don't know. That's all. I don't Jerome think Tang. Jerome Tang's the only will. person that knows that. I mean, me to say I think he will or he won't is an absolute and total guess. I have, I, I literally have no idea if he'd be interested in that job. Well, what I, think, I do I know, he will, but Texas should make the call. What, what I do know is that Texas would be foolish not to consider him. One hundred percent. Let me let me let me just make you guys understand this situation because I know I, I'm positive as to what I am about to say. Two quick questions: Who's going to have more NIL money? K State or Texas for basketball players, which is going to be an easier program or university or location to recruit to, Austin or Manhattan, Kansas? Guys, those two questions alone tell you all you need to know. You're going to see a dwarfing of the NIL money at the University of Texas over the long run. I'm telling you right now, he'd be crazy. And and if Tang has offered this job and he turns it down, I will lose respect for him. Well, well I don't know because I he made that, a that's, that's probably because he'd make a personal decision to 
stay well, in Manhattan. That's well, that's a silly thing to say. Well, you're right. That was silly, Jack. Paul, I'm glad. Can we, I'm can glad we back that, that up and take that. I'm off? glad that you're on the. I'm glad you're on this segment because I thought I was going to be the villain going into this segment. And you can definitely there's be no, the villain. You can there's take no that, that villain movie. here. There's no villain. Like Texas would be crazy not to look at it. I yeah. mean, they'd be they'd be idiots not to consider him based on what we've seen this year. But that doesn't mean anything. I, I agree with Parrish. If Texas has a good year, they're probably going to just stick with what they've got in Rodney Terry because they know what they've got and they know it's working. So it's got to go. You got to go down a list here. Is Jerome Tang their top candidate? Not on January sixth. Let's see how the season plays out. Yeah, because he could become that, right? And and be, that hey, would be if, if he leads the Wildcats to a Big Twelve sure. championship Absolutely. and a deep, a deep tournament run. You better believe he's going to be at the top of the wish list of every Texas just major poached program. an interconference coach away from a rival school. Kansas yeah. State's not even a rival. All that being said, again, I don't know what makes Jerome Tang happy. He's a I, ha, why is Scott Drew stayed at Baylor? Well, one thing. Is where do you think Texas, the NIL? Where do you think the NIL? Paul should should Texas go offer Scott True and he'd be an idiot not to take it because Texas will have more NIL money. Well, it depends on the money that Texas throws at any coach, and Texas control money. Texas is the one thing that they can do is throw money at anybody they want. They can drown them in money, and we both know that. So, do they want Scott Drew? Well, probably at this point, Scott Drew's ID is to Baylor. It is too big. His ID is, is is his identification, who he is. It's all Baylor. That's where he's going. They're, they're, you don't go get Scott Drew, but you go get Jerome Tang. Jerome Tang knows Texas. He knows how to coach. He knows how to play. We see it at the at Kansas State University. They go get if they set their eyes and they make the determination that Coach Tang is their number one guy that they want to come to the University of Texas to be their next head coach, they'll get him. I'm telling you right now, if they want him, he's going. Okay. Um, we'll we'll see. I don't know his motivation. I know Texas's motivation. They want to win, and they'd be oh, crazy boy. not to at least consider it at this point. Uh, let's get a quick call in here before we take a break. Charlie on the line. Charlie, what's on your mind? Good morning, guys. How y'all doing? Good. How are you? Good. Hey, yeah, Mr. Jacob, I just left your uh, HTO, and I just met your beautiful wife, Michelle. And uh, she got me hooked up here with a uh, big glass of the uh, Georgia sweet peach tea. And I just want to call you and tell you I'm real proud of you guys uh, going from the west side to the east side. And, and uh, I hope you guys do really well. Charlie, I appreciate that. She's a lucky woman, isn't she? Now Man. That matter. <laughs> you know something? Here we go again. I'm not so sure she's no. the lucky one. No, 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 no. Uh, Jacob, you're the lucky man to be married to her, okay. bud. Dang right. You know it. Yeah. Well, join the party, Charlie, of everybody who gets to tell me that all the time. Right. Hey, Charlie, we really do appreciate you going in there. I'm glad you got to meet Michelle, and I'm glad you, you got some iced tea there. Lots of lots of fun. We're We're so happy with it, too, and so happy so many people are supporting us. So we really do appreciate that, Charlie. Hey and Charlie, don't don't worry. Jacob's gonna don't worry. Jacob's gonna send you the check that he owes you for making that call and making yeah. that great plug for HTO. That that yeah. check will be in the mail pretty soon. Endorsement money. All right, sounds good. I'll be looking forward to it. Yeah. I just hope that when it gets there, it doesn't bounce like a rubber ball. Yeah, there you go. Well, hey, now wait a minute. I, we didn't say Paul was writing you that check. Charlie. Oh, there right. you go. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, Charlie. Thank you, Charlie. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, yeah, wife is. Isn't it nice there to be appreciated? Right because that's a heck of a deal. We've been over there numerous times since the grand opening, and let me tell you, uh, they do a great job over there. Even when you or your wife aren't there, it's really well done. Great service. You know, every time I've gone since the grand opening, uh, Jacob, I use the drive-through. Man, it's quick. I mean, it's fast, and those kids that work there are as polite as anybody you'd ever want to come in contact with. You guys are doing a good job, I'm telling you. Thank you. Yeah, the young people has been oh, yeah. our favorite part probably yes. is working with all I, the young people. I'm sure. At both the West and East locations. Right. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. I want to continue this conversation on the Texas job and also Chris Beard's future in college basketball because I do think it's interesting to ponder what that future might look like but at the same time, try and separate ourselves from a really ugly situation that has him where he is anyway. 869-1240, Sports Daily, rolls on on a Friday. Coming back here, Albrock. Caster, Savage, wrapping up a Friday edition. If you missed anything on the show, kfhradio.com. Let's continue the conversation surrounding Chris Beard. He's fired. Uh, Texas is eventually going to have a head coaching search. We'll see how Rodney Terry does. They've had a very nice run even since he's left. The one guy that's beaten them is Jerome Tang, who we talked about in the last segment and how much interest Texas may have in him. Look, they got, they're going to have to take a look based on the way things are going and how, how the season ends for Tang and K-State will have a big part of that. How it ends for Texas will have a big part of that. Uh, there'll be plenty of people uh, that'll be interested in that job. So the other side of it is Chris Beard. And I don't know what to make of this whole situation at this point. He and his attorneys have been defiant against these charges the whole time. Basically, I, I think, and I'm going to paraphrase this as carefully as I can because it's a horrible situation involving domestic violence and a felony charge, arresting charge. It's arresting charge, though, and it has to be taken to court if the prosecutors choose to do that. But if they didn't, and his fiance has come out and said, basically, I started a fight and he's defending himself, I think, and, and that's sort of the sentiment we've had, and if this thing clears legally, on the basketball court, Chris Beard is as hot a name and as good a coach as we've seen in the last five years. I wonder, Tommy, how quickly his name will begin to circulate again to become a head coach if if this legal situation eventually clears itself up and he's not prosecuted for any of these charges. It's going to take a long time. Uh, it's going to take a while. I don't think that we're going to be looking at anything in the next coaching cycle um, I think we're going to, it's going to take probably a couple of years. Now there will be somebody out there that I think will take a swing at Chris Beard again at some point. Um, I don't know who that is and I don't know when that's going to be, uh, but I think that's going to happen. We've seen uh, coaches get second chances in situations a lot. Uh, it's happened multiple times with coaches that have been accused of mistreatment of players or have had NCAA violations. Look at a guy, and this is apples and oranges, and I'm not trying to equate the situation whatsoever, but look at a guy like Kelvin Sampson, who has had issues basically everywhere he's gone. Oklahoma, Indiana, NCAA violations, things like that. 
and he's one of the top coaches in the country at Houston right now. Again, completely different situation, not trying to equate the two whatsoever, but there is a history of coaches, um, and, and especially if this comes out that nothing really happened and you know there are no charges and, and whatever, uh, I think somebody will take a, take a shot at Chris Beard again, but I don't know when that's going to be. Now, on the other hand, uh, if this comes out that, you know, he's going to be facing charges and, um, you know, goes through the legal system and all of that, and it turns out that this is something that is legitimate, then um, I think he's going to have a really hard time coming back from that. But um, I don't blame Texas for wanting to move quickly on this. And, you know, it, it had been been languishing out there for almost a month. I don't think they could have sat on it any longer than what they did. They made the decision. Um, they gave Chris Beard, I think, the choice to resign or be terminated, and he ultimately decided to be terminated, and, and that's where we stand now. Yeah, it's um, it's a messy situation. Paul, we've seen guys come back from dicey situations, but this is a felony domestic assault charge, arresting charge. Even if it's not prosecuted, what level of risk is a university going to be willing to take with that for a guy who basically wins everywhere he goes and would very likely turn a program around? If he's charged, I mean, you've got a problem. I mean, he's got a if problem. He's char- Look, if, if he's char- if he's charged, if, he's toast. If, I don't think we'll ever see him back. I'm, this is a scenario where he's not charged. Yeah, let's say, for instance, though, the DA says, you know something, we understand with the, with the testimony, we believe the testimony of, of his fiance. we believe the testimony of Chris Beard, we think that everything, you know, we're not going to, Make, we're not going to submit charges. You're free to go, uh, Coach Beard. If that's the case, he'll have a job by the end of the next cycle of whatever coach jo- coaching jobs open up. He will have one so quick, it'll make your head spin. Everybody's going to say, this is a man who wasn't charged. And I think most fair, fair-minded fair people would say, yes, I understand it. He wasn't charged. You know, these things happen. Both of them have. If you're not going to charge him, you can't hold that against him the rest of his life. And he's a darn good coach, as, as you guys have both pointed out. So if he's not charged, and, and the timetable is probably in the next uh, 60 to 90 days is my understanding. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. I think that's what it was. But if he is not, if, if he is not charged, let's say by the end of this basketball season, and all these guys start falling, the, the, those jobs start opening up, and universities a good uh, basketball programs are looking for new head coaches. His name's going to be on the top of, of a lot of lists because if he's not, but it all comes down to charged or not charged. That's the question. I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, I, I just real quick. I think that even if he's not charged, I'm not sure we're going to see him on the next coaching cycle. I think you've got to let it breathe a little bit. I think teams are going to be hesitant to do that. Even if he's not charged, I think down the road. Sure. I don't know about next season, though. It's going to be interesting. You underestimate the, the the desire for basketball programs to win. They, yeah. They, yeah. There's guys that'll take him, you know, if you stabbed your mother. Well, they it, won't. Wow. No mother stabbing. I mean, that's that, that's, it, that was it, crazy. We've seen, the difference here is the violence aspect of right. it. I mean, Greg Marshall hasn't, take, hasn't had another job, and we don't know if he's had any other offers. He's still getting paid by Wichita State. But if there's violence involved, it does get different than if there's cheating involved, basically. 869-1240, we'll come back. We'll tell you what's on tap this weekend on Sports Daily. Guys, struggling.